You're listening to Biceps After Babies Radio, episode number 11. Hello, and welcome to Biceps After Babies Radio, a podcast for moms who know that fitness is about so much more than pounds lost or PRs. It's about feeling confident in your skin and empowered in your life. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki, a registered nurse, personal trainer, online fitness coach, wife, and mom of four. Every week, my guests and I will excite and motivate you to take action in your own personal fitness as we talk about nutrition, exercise, mindset, personal development, and executing life with conscious intention. If your goal is to look, feel, and be strong and experience transformation from the inside out, you, my friend, are in the right place. Thank you for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. Hey, 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 welcome back to another episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. I'm your host, Amber Brzezicki. How you doing today? I hope that you are ready to hear an amazing interview with Lily Biesinger. A lot of you guys may not know her by her full name, but rather know her by at Lily Loves Macros. I had the privilege of meeting Lily a couple of years ago when she came to me for coaching. She had just found macros and I got to coach her through her first cut and her reverse. And after that, girl has gone on and done some amazing things. She started a blog, she started an Instagram account, and she has beautiful macro-friendly recipes. So if you're looking for some macro-friendly recipes to be able to feed you and or your family, she is your girl. Today we dive into how Lily has made macros work with feeding her family. She has a husband, she has kids, and she specifically has daughters. And so we talk about how she explains tracking and weighing her food to her kids, what her husband thinks about it, and what her kids think about the the recipes and the meals that she prepares. So listen in as we dive into the interview with Lily Biesinger. I'd like to welcome Lily Biesinger to the podcast. Lily, how you doing? Good. I'm good. I'm excited to, to be here. You guys might know Lily a little bit better by her handle, which is at Lily Loves Macros on Instagram. In fact, Lily, when people like reference you to me, they are always like, uh, at Lily Loves Macros. You know her? I'm like, yes, I know. I know Lily. Oh. <laughs> I love it. All right. So first question up for you is I kind of want you to tell us a little bit about your fitness journey. Like how did you get started? How did you decide to start an Instagram account? And what did that process look like for you? I grew up in like a fit focused family to some extent. My dad ran like athletic clubs. So I've always been aware. Um, like my brother played professional football. There's a lot of like athleticism in my family. Um, but we were also like a very food focused family which maybe won't surprise you. Um, so it wasn't, it wasn't just like this really easy, thin, um, genetic thing in my family. And we were all, like all over the place, but definitely there was the gym was a part of my life, even as, even as like a teenager for sports and things. Um, but then as an adult, you know, overall it was just kind of like normal. Like I did a lot of like the elliptical, like I would always go to the gym cause it was something that I just enjoyed and like a place that was comfortable. And I liked running outside. So I did a lot of cardio, just sort of like regular cardio. Um, and I always watched what I ate, cared about what I ate, but also was just normal, like all over the charts. I love to bake, I would try to eat healthier, just kind of normal. Um, and then, I mean, and I would say like, I got married and we went through that phase of like, I realized I could bake cookies in like a night and we could just like eat them all. <laughs> Cause so you were an adult. <laughs> Chubby, yeah, because I was an adult and could do whatever I wanted. So we both kind of went through that phase for probably a couple of years. And, and I don't even regret it. I feel like it was just kind of a fun phase of marriage. You know, we were like so happy, didn't, didn't know 
at the difference, like didn't care. Um, I, sometimes I just like envy that, you know, but, um, but then, um, I probably after my third child, so he's eight now is when I kind of, I got my biggest, I got, I was like over 200 pounds and I had him and, um, I just felt like what, like, what is this body that I'm holding? It just felt a little uncomfortable to me. And Ross got into CrossFit around then. So that's when I kind of on my own got more into fitness, just did more like classes, like the less milk classes, body pump and body combat and spin. So my, my workout routine was based a lot around classes and, um, and I started, you know, this, um, intermittent fasting. That was like a thing for me for five, like five years. Yeah. I remember when you came to me, you were really big into intermittent fasting. Yeah. I loved it at the time. I can't even imagine it now. I mean, it just sounds like unbearable to me now. Um, but I, but I get that it's like some people enjoy it just because it gives you some, like some way to rein it in. I feel like just like macros is like an, a budget. That's what it was for me. It was like, two days out of the week, I like didn't spend any money and that helped me spend less money over the course of the whole week, you know? And so two days a week, I did these 24 hour fasts, which just sounds like insane now. Um, and so painful, but that's what I did for a while. And it did, I did feel like thinner and just like, um, I had like a smaller frame than I'd had before. And I was happy with that for a while. And then I just hit a shift and I needed a change. And I had this gallbladder issue that like made me feel like I needed to watch my fat, which I'd never done. Um, so anyway, with macro counting came this exposure to all of these new like fitness accounts on Instagram. I'd never followed anything like that on Instagram. Instagram had always just been like a place for like family and friends for me. So I don't even think I knew this stuff existed, you know? And, um, but getting into macros naturally just kind of exposed me to all these different macro accounts and fitness accounts. And I felt like, oh my gosh, I've been missing the mark. There's so much, so much focus on weight training. And I had done CrossFit for a second with my husband. Um, but that just didn't work for me. I have like some chronic low back issues and scoliosis and I was just always having issues when I tried mm-hmm. CrossFit. So it was a little bit too abrupt for me, you know? Uh-huh. Anyway, so now I'm much more, um, focused on my lifting. So when I use you too, I like, I lost some, I shed some fat pretty quick. And then I, I remember you mot- like encouraging me to put on some muscle and lift. And so that's been my new thing for the last like you know two years almost it's just a lot more weight training pretty classic in the gym just like a normal workout split lifting split um with some cardio and I mean I feel like it's been so fun I feel like I'm not the thinnest I've ever been but I do feel like the strongest and fittest and just like happiest with my with my body that I've ever been that's awesome yeah and I remember you came to me and you were doing these like 24-hour fasts a couple times a week and you're like I don't really want to do this anymore and so we did a cut and got you like down a little bit lower to where you were feeling really comfortable. And then we walked you through a reverse and we like slowly increased your calories. Um, and by the end, your calories were back up and I pushed you and I said, let's do some weights. Let's start lifting some weights. And you were very responsive and you, and you did. And it's been awesome to see your growth. Yeah. It was amazing. That reverse, that reverse is like the best time of my life. Yeah. (laughs) It's, it's, it's life changing for a lot (laughs) of people for sure. So then when did you like, when did it come to you that you were going to like start this account or why did you choose to start at Lily Loves Macros? So, you know, I just was obsessed with my food, like, which is no surprise again, but so here I am just like eating my lunch in the middle of the day. And I'm like, this is gorgeous. I have to take a picture of it because I was just feeling so elated that I was having all this success that I really was like 
seeing this new like layer of my body I'd never seen because I'd shed, I'd shed this little like new layer of fat. So I feel like I was seeing like new muscles and just feeling amazing and like never having to go hungry. Like I'd gotten so used to, I had really gotten used to, because even on my non-fasting days, I had trained myself to like just push off food as long as I could. I mean, you know, I'm still like a hoarder and I love to eat late Mm -hmm. and that's still totally a part of my personality, but it was like, I trained myself to just like push as long as I could. It just sounds so awful to me now. I don't feel like I, I I definitely don't feel like I'm like, was this disordered eater. It wasn't like this really problematic thing for me. It was just a habit that I created that I felt like worked for me. Um, so now to be eating this big, beautiful lunch, these giant lavish pizzas and these big, beautiful salads or giant sandwiches. Obviously I went through like a year of the same sandwich every day. Um, (laughs) I was just so excited about it and that I could be like hitting these new goals while eating this giant sandwich when I avoided the white bread for like 10 years. It just felt like this is too good to be true. I have to share this. So I was sharing it on my personal Instagram account, which is of course all I ever had. And, um, and I just knew I was like probably irritating people because they didn't want to see my sandwiches every day. So I just felt like I needed a new spot for it. And so I started it. I don't know what my goal was because I definitely, I didn't think I would tell anybody about it. So I don't know if I just wanted this little scrapbook of my food for myself <laughs> to print <laughs> up later or something. But, um, but I just started it and was like happy to see my meals and then eventually kind of like decided to share it here and there, you know, and then had fun with it, obviously. And you have like the most gorgeous food photography. So like, yes, your food is gorgeous and delicious, but the way that you like photograph it too, it I always see your photos and I'm like, why is that not in my kitchen right now? Why am I not eating (laughs) what Lily is eating right now? (laughs) It's awesome. You You can be. So what, what do you hope that people get as they're like following you? What is, you know, what are you trying to like help them to do? What are you trying to help them to see and and how can they start to implement the stuff into their daily life? I just, I mean, and when you asked why I started my Instagram, that's what it became. Like I, I mean, the word follow is always so uncomfortable to me. I will say this, social media has its goods and its bads. And I, I do get nervous. Like, I just hope it's always a like positive place for people. I hope it's never one of those places that you scroll and then like feel like bad about yourself or compare yourself. Um, hopefully I'm like such an obvious mess that people leave something like a really great about themselves. Um, but but specifically, I just really want there to be value um, for them, like like actual recipes and things that will help them to eat healthier foods that are really good, that don't have to be like filled with protein powder. You know, that I feel like is my main goal is I discovered so quickly, like, gosh, I, I was following some people on Instagram and I felt like, okay, this is doable, but it was boring, you know, for me because I always loved food and I've always loved cooking. And mm-hmm. so once I kind of discovered how it was so doable to make really delicious foods, food that I was familiar with and had loved before. And I could just kind of lighten them up. I guess it just, I hope that that's what people get is they realize that it can be sustainable and it can be like enjoyable and, and they can feel that like killer feeling of success when they're like actually consistent and stick with it and then see progress at the same time and love their food. Awesome. So tell, so tell me this. I have always wondered this. I look at food bloggers and I'm always amazed because like the content that you have to churn out is 
is intense. It's like creating these new recipes and like people expect like new recipes all the time. And so what does that look like for you? Like, how do you create recipes? How do you like keep up with it? And you're a, you're a mom and you know, a, a wife and like, how do you keep up with it all? Oh my gosh. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of a mess right now. <laughs> like my husband luckily is being really supportive because he knows how much fun I'm having with it. Um, so I feel like there are things that I've like kind of let go, like we've just decided, um, you know, it's like my laundry sits in baskets until Saturday. And then I finally fold, put, away, put away laundry, like things like that, little things where my life was spent keeping my house in order, um, have slipped a little bit because mm-hmm. I really could spend every spare minute on this if I let myself. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a learning, there's a learning curve and I'm figuring out kind of how to time block and how to still make sure I'm present and available when my kids get home from school. Um, and I've learned that like, that's why I'm grateful for Instagram is, um, the blog feels like I just need to have new recipes and new posts all the time. But luckily Instagram is a really fun, like community and space for me. So I feel like if I'm not putting out new recipes every day or even close, you know, just a, a, a couple times a week, there's still plenty of things I can like interact with people on there about. Um, so, you know, so I'm just kind of using what I can. And a lot of times in Instagram, I'm very like spur of the moment. I just kind of, when I feel like it during the day, we'll post something. I'm not, I'm not organized enough yet where everything is like prepared and scheduled by any means. Um, but my days do look like I go to the gym and then I come home and I have like an hour and a half before my, before I go pick up my preschooler. And that's just dedicated, like at the computer working on stuff time. Um, and then, you know, I get him and then I can kind of like squeeze in another couple of hours of off and on stuff. And then everything gets crazy in the afternoon. And a lot of times I'm trying to photograph whatever we've made for dinner. And so that could be like a little bit of a circus. Like I blow up my kitchen when I cook. There's Mm -hmm. that. And then I just clean it all later. So I'm juggling. I do feel like I'm juggling like a lot of balls in the air right now. Um, But it's getting better. And I'm like excited about the potential. So it feels worth it. And my family's all really supportive, you know. That's awesome. So what about your recipe creation process? Has that like always been something that you've done or you've just like made new recipes for your family and now you're putting on your blog or are you kind of diving into like, Oh, now I have to like be creative and like come up with new recipes. Is that a new thing for you? Yeah. Um, so I've always been, well, I mean, not always, but you know, for my adult life, I've, I've pretty much always loved to cook. Um, like I was a part of, a few of my friends and I did this cook group for, you know, like a good five years or so where we would trade off, like we would each cook three family sized portions of a meal and we would trade each week. And that really pushed my creativity and my like ability in the kitchen. And, and so I'd already really like loved that, that hobby. So I think when I started macros, it was, it was like the first area I dove into for recipes was just trying to recreate the things I knew that we loved so much and make them lighter. So that's kind of like where it started. And yeah, now sometimes I'll feel kind of like, gosh, I really need to get creative. I need to do new things, even things I wouldn't usually make. Like I wouldn't usually make like a lot of, I don't know, like Asian cuisine. I would do like a Thai salad, but things like that where I'm like, I should probably branch off and like try new things. So I'm definitely pushing myself down to sort of experimenting. But with that comes like 
that has to be trial and error. So it, that's hard because right. it comes, comes with like some failures. And I feel like, oh, if I've gone through all this work and I've calculated all the macros, I hate when it doesn't pan out and then I can't share it. You know, it feels like a lot of wasted time, but it's part of the process. And luckily my family will still eat it. So, so yeah, it's just trial and error and experimenting, but a lot of lightening up classic meals that I know we love, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I obviously kind of have a formula because protein is so important. Mm-hmm. So, so much is based around protein. And then I feel like I can just get creative with these same proteins. And in a way it's nice because I'm reined in by the idea of keeping it macro friendly. You know, if I were just mm-hmm. a normal food blogger, there would be that push to like, you'd want to use every meat. You'd want to be using, you know, like lots of like steak here and there or like plant-based recipes sometimes. And that's still wonderful. But if I'm trying to make these really make sense for my macros, I'm really going to stick to the same lean proteins for the most part. So in a way it's nice because it just sort of keeps me focused, you know? Mm -hmm. And what do your kids think about both like the recipes that you're making? You said that they're pretty good about eating things and then also about you counting macros or how do you approach that with your kids? Yeah, that's a good question because that was huge for me in the beginning, especially with my girls. Um, I've got a 13 year old and a 10 year old, she's almost 11. Um, and I thought in the beginning that I would never let them know that I was weighing. I thought for sure I would just be really discreet. It would be short. There's no way I thought it would last. I thought it was crazy to be weighing food. I'd never like counted a calorie or anything. So I thought this was just like a temporary thing. But once I, I figured out pretty early that it was like sticking for me, that I really enjoyed it. Um, so I just really went the route. Luckily, I think by the time they really caught on, I was already reversing with you. Mm-hmm. Um, So it was kind of easy because my mentality really had shifted and I had this genuine belief in the idea that I needed to make sure that I got enough protein for my muscle building and enough fat to be healthy because I was worried about that in the beginning. So I'd study, I'd read a little bit about how much fat you need for healthy brain function and everything. And, um, so I would, you know, let them know, like, I want to make sure I got enough fat for my health of my organs and for my brain and enough carbs for my energy to really fuel my workouts. And so it just became, it's never, ever been that mom wants to lose weight. Like never, it's never been like, I'm weighing anything to make sure like, Oh, I better take some off. It's too much. It's always been about getting enough of the nutrients I need for my workouts. And I feel like that's really worked. Like it's never seemed like a negative thing to them or a questionable thing. They've never, you know, had any, like as if they need to weigh their food. They also knew I had that gallbladder issue So I kind of got to use that in the beginning. Like I have to watch my fat because otherwise I have a gallbladder flare up because I didn't want to have the surgery, even though people say it's no big deal. Um, So did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah. And I think you had a lot of wisdom there too. It's kind of the same way that, you know, I approach it with my kids. I think the difference when you're talking to kids is really communicating the fact that you're trying to make sure that you are fueling your body well and that you're getting enough of all the nutrients. And when you approach it from that way of, yeah, I'm making sure that I'm getting enough fat, enough protein, enough carbohydrates to be able to feel well in my workouts, to build muscle and build strength and just feel good all around. Then they're kind of like, oh yeah, like that makes sense. We need to have, make sure we have enough of, of all these nutrients. Um, rather than a way of like, oh, I'm cutting, like I'm trying to like cut out things or limit myself or restrict myself. That's not really the purpose, honestly, of, of macro counting. Yeah, you may be in a cut, but the reason that you're counting macros is so that you can make sure that that cut is still fueling your body as well as possible. 
Exactly. And yeah, they wouldn't even know the difference. Like when I'm cutting or reversing, you know, they don't know the difference. I'm always eating. And that's the thing too, is they don't, they did not know that I ever fasted. Um, I feel like some people are skeptical of that. Like, of course they must have noticed, but it was always during the day. I always ate dinner and you know, they they didn't know they didn't, Mm -hmm. they didn't ever notice. However, I do feel like once I stopped that and was macro counting instead, um, you know, I'm just way more likely to like have a bite of things with them all the time. So, Mm -hmm. and they're, yeah, they've, they've never known me to have anything that like I can't eat or that's off limits. Um, which I'm grateful for, you know. Which is another benefit of macro counting is that your kids do see you eat ice cream and they do see you have cake and they do see you have, you know, a little bit of everything rather than being like, oh, mom can't have that, um, that brownie or whatever. And then they're like, well, why not? Like, why can't you have a brownie? Um, I think with macro counting, nothing's off limits. And so you really can like show them, yeah, you can have all of these things in moderation. You just make sure that the rest of your day is filled with really healthy, wholesome foods that are going to fuel you really well. So speaking about your family, what does Ross think? What does your husband think? He's great. It's kind of, um, kind of what you'd expect. Like in the beginning, it was probably, it was probably annoying. I mean, I won't lie. It was really hard in the beginning. I was luckily like really committed because sometimes I look back and think, you know, I'm, I feel for people who are just starting and trying to really do what I did and still feed their family the same meals and still have a cohesive family dinner because because that was hard. I was like in the corner a lot, like weighing my food, you know, it's just so hard when you're still trying to figure out what's going to fit and trying to make dinner for a family, but also like, you know, not experiment, not throw something into a meal at the last second and not account for it and then still figure out how much was going to go on my plate. Um, anyway, so I think in the beginning it was like a little annoying to him just because it was like, are you ever going to be able to sit down and eat with us again? Um, and that, lasted, it was through the holidays because I started with you in October. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of pushed through that learning curve pretty fast because I was just determined to make recipes and make real food and not eat weird food and not eat my own food, like mm-hmm. separate food, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, so once I kind of pushed through that, um, then he got super interested and went through a phase where he tracked for a while. And that was the hardest because I was like excited for him. So I was Supportive, but it meant I was totally like doing double duty. I was just like trying to plan his meals and send him his, his, you know, stuff in my fitness pal. And that was exhausting. Anyway, Mm -hmm. so sorry. The short version is at this point, he's just super supportive. He knows that I love it and it doesn't really affect, it doesn't mess with like our date nights or anything like it maybe did in the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was just used to it and knows that it like makes me happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've been really good about showing, you know, you show when you go to Hawaii and you guys go out to eat and you show your date nights and you show your week or your daily, um, ice cream at night. Um, yeah. and you kind of unabashedly oh, yeah. talk mm-hmm. about those treats. Talk about, talk about your nightly treat and, uh, why that's important to you and, and what that looks like. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I wonder if I'm ever going to like, maybe that'll change. Maybe I'll grow up and realize, Oh, I feel better if I go to bed, like not on a full stomach, but you know, I'm sure it's just kind of mental for me. I just really value that delayed gratification and that like reward at the end of the night. Um, so I don't think it's going anywhere. I just think it's all, even in the very beginning when it was really hard, you know, now I can cut back to those same numbers and I'm really good at like volumizing my food and it's not as painful. The beginning, it was hard it felt like not very much food during the day, but I still, um, like never 
missed a dessert. Like never. I mm-hmm. just, it's always been the first thing that I log. Um, and yeah, I think it's just what made it feel sustainable to me in the beginning was to realize I could really have my greatest success without doing like whole 30 or paleo or something where I had to be like cutting out what I knew of as treats. I could just figure out what treats fit best and still made me feel like I was just totally winning with this delicious bowl of whatever. So, um, it evolves sometimes what it is. And for sure, you know, like right now I'm in this weird phase with my, um, cottage cheese, yogurt, and ice cream and still mighty muffin. I love tons of toppings and even the toppings you would think like, I'll just put those if I have extra room, but no, I log like everything ahead of time, the three grams of peanut butter, the the 10 grams of granola. And then only if I really have to, I'll pull those things off, but they are like a top priority. I pretty much log my day backwards. I log my dessert. And if I know what I'm making my family for dinner, and then I feel like I can fill in my lunch is light and my breakfast and my snacks can be totally expendable and like squeezing what I can, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think there will ever be a time that you will transition away from tracking? Um, to me, it's, it's this really natural, like gray. I think I've learned about myself. I'm not an all or none person at all. Mm-hmm. Like I remember I did baby wise with my kids and mm-hmm. I have a friend who hated baby wise cause she swore, no, it doesn't work because of A, B and C. And I was like, Oh, well you just sort of like skip A and you do B or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that might be a weird analogy, but I've just sort of learned about myself. Like I rules are sort of like suggestions to me. I'm not like really rebellious, but I am like, oh, that's just a suggestion. Like I don't feel like everything is so black and white. Yeah. It's naturally in life. So to me, this is not like I have to track. Like this is why I've I've honestly I can't even really think of a time where I was like, I'm not going to track. I'm just going to like live it up this weekend. I don't really ever do that because I don't feel the need. Um, I've certainly not tracked before just because it doesn't make sense or it doesn't really mm-hmm. work or it's just more trouble than it's worth. Cause I can't stay on anyway. Um, but I've never like turned off and going to just go eat the plate of nachos, mm-hmm. all of them, you know, or whatever. Um, having said that, I like, that's crazy for me to even say, because I'm not this, I'm not one of those girls who's like, Oh, I just naturally like I'm full. And so then I push the rest of the plate away. No, I like finish everything on my plate, but I like to like, naturally make good choices that aren't going to make me feel crummy at the end. I've really, cause I thought about that a lot lately and I've just learned that, um, it's really, I'm, I feel like I'm practically an in, intuitive eater. I'm like a weird mash in my own head. It's not, they're not like these mutually exclusive things because I, I mean, I think a lot of people, you get so used to what you eat and just kind of eat habitual meals. So if I've learned what fits in my day, if I'm like, especially when I've been at maintenance and I'm used to these 2,300 calories or whatever, which it's plenty anyway. Right. And so it's not like I'm having to like count my lettuce and worry about it because I've got plenty of calories. So when I'm doing that, I've got my day log that makes sense for those calories. And it's going to be kind of consistent during the week. Like Mm -hmm. my meals naturally have gotten so used to what I cook that even when it's like an entirely different meal, I'm, I'm shocked how often the macros line up, like almost the same, you know, Mm -hmm. they're really consistently like 30, 40, 50 for carbs, 30s, 40s for protein or less because I always run out, you know, nine to 13 for fat. Like it just is this natural thing where that's where I'm comfortable saving that much for dinner. So mm-hmm. anyway, point being, I don't really feel like it would have to be a conscious decision. There's plenty of days where I eat my whole day and I realize, oh, I never actually entered it in my fitness pal. 
And so I might because I'm sitting on the couch and I want to, but mm-hmm. I know it fits just fine. Mm-hmm. I know it's kind of like, and I'm not one bit worried if I'm over 15 carbs even and I leave seven fat. I do mm-hmm. that all the time, you know, just like, so like those two can be totally mixed up. So it's not like this stressful thing for me anymore. So I kind of think I'll to some degree always track, at least in my head, because I like it. But that doesn't cause me stress. And what, yeah, what you're kind of relating is that it doesn't feel at all restrictive to you. And I think that's one of the keys that people who are the most successful with counting macros are the ones who get, who either like just naturally feel or they get to the place where they don't feel like it's restrictive. And if it's not restrictive, it's like, it's no big deal to do. Um, It's when you start feeling like, oh, it's keeping me from doing X, Y, and Z. It's keeping me from having this. Uh, You know, I can't do, have this thing because of my macros that it really starts to be, feel like a burden. And I think you're right. I think that all or nothing mentality is what gets a lot of people there. Um, They feel like it has to be black and white. You're either on or you're off. And if you can just get to the point where, you know what, it's like, it's a suggestion. It like teaches you moderation. It's a guideline and guidelines are meant to be kind of followed, but not like to the point where you're like killing yourself then. I feel like it's like, um, I mean, you know, I'm LDS and I, to me, I feel like I'm really comfortable with, yeah, guidelines and direction, things that you know you've found from, from your experience in your life that these bring you more joy. Like you have more joy when you have some like level of like, I don't want to say restrictions, but just guidelines to kind of keep you on your, on the right path. I don't want to like try and push away the guidelines because that makes me feel like I'm freer if it doesn't make me feel freer, if it just allows me to slip off too far where then I have to work harder to get back on, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the kite analogy that they give of like, if you let go of the kite, like the kite doesn't fly higher, it falls by having like right. that, you know, a little bit of tension on that string actually helps the kite right. to fly higher. And I think a lot of that comes down to a lot of a personality stuff. And so, yeah, totally. I, I definitely like, I don't think there's a right or a wrong. I don't think tracking macros is right or wrong. I don't think intuitive eating is right or wrong. But I definitely think there are personalities that it fits like some people a little bit better. So what would someone be surprised to learn about you? I think when you get on social media, obviously you share a lot about your life and like who you are as a person in your quirks on your social media page. But what might someone be surprised to learn about you? So this is not very exciting, but, but judging from the reactions I get from people on Instagram, I think that they would be surprised to know that I don't live in Utah because everybody thinks I live in Utah. Hey, freaking men. So, <laughs> does that happen for you too? Oh my gosh. When I lived in North Carolina, I would get people all the time being like, I'm hosting this thing in Lehigh. Why don't you come? And I'm like, I don't live uh, yeah. anywhere near you. <laughs> like, I could jump on a plane. I know. They see that you're LDS and it's like, you must live in Utah. And I'm like, no, I live in North totally. Carolina. Like, and now I live in California. I don't live anywhere near there. I know. So funny. So yeah, maybe that. That's, that's a good one. Uh, and Lily lives in Southern California too, about an hour and a half away from me. And we have not met yet, but we're going to, we're going to make it happen. I know. I can't believe it. It's going to happen in real life. Yeah. It's going to happen in real life sometime. It is. So what are we looking forward to? Like, what are you, what are you working on right now that we have to look forward from Lily Lo's macros? I am excited. So right now I'm working on my ebook and I've done one little ebook, one little free ebook for like appetizers. Um, but this one I'm really excited about because I feel like, I just feel like it's genuinely going to be super helpful. Um, so I'm so anxious to get that done and it's so hard for me to know how long it's going to take because I'm just kind of plugging away every day and I feel like I'm getting closer, but you know, the project grows as I keep doing it. So, but that 
I'm really hoping possibly before January will be done maybe. And then, um, besides that, you know, I don't know. I'm just kind of working on growing and, um, hopefully monetizing so that I can, you know, like make this something that I can keep doing. Um, maybe meal plans someday, but that's more challenging for me. So I think that'll be down the road. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I am excited. I I've talked to Lily a couple of times about business stuff and I just, I told her like your success is inevitable. Like you are going to be successful, Lily. Like it's just whatever path you want to take to get there. So if you aren't following Lily, go to Lily loves macros on Instagram and follow her because I guarantee in a couple of years, I'm going to be like, yep, I, I, I knew Lily back when she just oh, first wow. found macros <laughs> and that's going to make me cool by association. <laughs> totally. <laughs> awesome. So can you let everybody know other than Instagram, like where they can find you? What's your blog? All that good stuff. Yes. I do feel like I've thrown a curveball because I have different names there, but my blog is lilyeatsandtells.com and I'm pretty much just on my blog and on Instagram. I do have a Facebook page, also Lily Eats and Tells. But I'm horrible at Facebook. It's just never been um, the platform that I know how to use. So it kind of just sits there. I'll be honest. Maybe I'll figure it out someday. So my blog and my Instagram, I'm always on Instagram. Love it. Awesome. Awesome. Definitely go and follow Lily because you're going to get oh, inspired. Pinterest. Oh, Pinterest. Yes. Let me throw that in there too. Yeah. Pinterest. That's, that's what I'm really trying to grow. I've learned I should have started on that earlier. So uh, yeah, I'm also there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lily. I really appreciate your time and it's so good for you to be able to share your wisdom and your recipes with the world. Thank you. And you're welcome. Fun talking to you. Lily is awesome. And I'm sure some of you guys can relate to her and her journey and her experience with County Macros. And hopefully you can follow her and get inspired because I'm telling you, her recipes are not only gorgeous, but actually really family friendly. In fact, when people ask me for recipe ideas when they're counting macros, Lily is always one of their my first recommendations to follow. That's going to wrap up this episode of Biceps After Babies Radio. Thank you for being here. I'm Amber. Now go out and be strong because my friend, you can do anything. Hold up, sister friend. Do you love Biceps After Babies Radio? If so, the best way to say thank you is to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. I know every podcaster wants you to leave a review, but it's because those reviews help the podcast to reach more people. And I do truly want to know what you think. If this particular episode resonated with you, will you also please share it? Either send the link to someone who would find it valuable or take a screenshot and post it to your social media and tell your friends and family why they should listen. Make sure you tag me at biceps.after.babies so I can hear your feedback and give you a little love. And you know, if you aren't already following me on Instagram or Facebook, that's the perfect time to hit that follow button. Thank you for being here and listening to Biceps After Babies Radio.